when players depart their clubs in the middle of the season to join their national teams for international games, they leave their clubs most worried. The clubs pay for the players' salaries and have to stand it if they come back with a poor form or worse injuries. Nonetheless, for most players in the world, making their country proud seems always to be the priority. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleagues Josh and Bargab here. Great to be here. Glad、so、to be here. I was reading this report. They say on for the ongoing Afcon, there are over 200 players recruited from European clubs. That's a crazy number, right? Yeah, it, it is. But I think what part of that kind of hides is not that many are from the top teams because、mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus on. Uh, Mohamed Salah being away from Liverpool、yeah. and players like that, but you look at who is actually from where, and a lot of times it'll be like teams in like a second division or a much smaller league. Like for example, what a lot of the discussion has been what like I mentioned Mo Salah for a、mm-hmm. reason. What's going to happen with him being gone?、Um, what's going to happen with、uh, Son Heung Min going for Tottenham? Yeah. But then I was looking through a list of players and like a Guinea Bissau. They have a guy who uses a, I assume name. His name is Zay Turbo. It's not、mm-hmm. a real name, of course, but he's the lead striker for the Russian team、uh, Nizhny Novgorod. He's the only striker they have. They are currently, or they finished the last season eleventh. I don't know where they are at the moment. So they're struggling, and they are losing this one guy who seems to be a, a striker, but it's not really mentioned because who are Guinea Bissau? Who's Nizhny Novgorod? What about the Russian Premier League? Where's a lot of effort? And a lot of discussion is going into the big teams, where the reality is, I think they can afford to lose the players.、Mm. Absolutely, and、uh, I mean, good point、uh, that you mentioned is、uh, not a lot of these players are from top teams. And I was watching the Morocco Tanzania game yesterday.、Uh, four、uh, or five of those players are from non-league clubs in、mm-hmm. the in England. So、uh, uh, with both Afcon and the Asian Cup going on, I mean, of course, many of these clubs are. Not really very happy. They have had to let、uh, players go.、Uh, at the same time, I mean, the players would obviously want to represent their countries, and it's、uh, difficult to make changes to the schedule because there are a lot of things from.、Uh, if you look at it from the African perspective,、uh, Cote d'Ivoire, it's almost impossible for them to host it in June and July because、mm-hmm. the monsoon in June, for example, is it's like、uh, more than, if I'm not wrong, more than twenty、uh, around twenty times that of、yeah. that. In January, the、mm. average rainfall, so it's it's not conducive to hold the、uh, games in that season. So,、uh, from、uh, an African perspective, I think that's something that you'll have to take into account. That's true. I think the、uh, paradox here is kind of interesting because you, you mentioned there are not too many superstars like Mo Salah who were who had to leave their club for the Afcon or the Asian Cup. But those who do, like the very few ones, like、mm-hmm. Son Heung-min or Salah, they matter too much to both the national、right. teams and the clubs. For small players, it's kind of sad because you're a member of your national team. That means you're very important to your country's football. But then you're not so well known to others. So the fa- the clubs apparently took hits.、Mm-hmm. The players took hits in their feelings most. And then there are always not many. Players who refuse to play for their national teams before they reach the age of retirement. Yeah, is there a correctness here for any side? Do you think? To be honest, I think a lot of it comes down to like what Bargat was saying with the schedule. Like,、mm-hmm. if this would have been in the summertime, I don't think anyone would have had a complaint、yeah. about it. But with it being here in an overlap, 
and not even like the previous World Cup was, where there was a gap in the schedule designed mm-hmm. for it, with this being your missing games. Because we're talking about who's absent. The elephant in the room, I think, when regarding the Premier League, is Manchester City don't have anyone absent. No. They have no one in either cup. And not only that, Kevin De Bruyne is back, so yeah. daddy's home, watch out. So they are now the biggest threat, while everyone else is weakened. The clubs will have a legitimate concern over that. But also I think the players will as well, because if you are, for example, um, Tomiyasu with Arsenal, mm-hmm. and you can't be there, and your team suddenly goes from being in the top four to, let's say, they start to struggle and they end up uh, bouncing down a little bit. Tottenham overtakes them, they end up in fifth place. Well, it isn't just a case of you represented your country and let's say you get to the final and didn't win. Even if you did win, Mm -hmm. you come back and your club team is struggling. That means lower budget, perhaps not even European football. There's real consequences going forward. It's kind of a short-term versus long-term issue. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing which is basically impossible to balance when they have to take place at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And also at the same time, the especially in England, you see the calendar is absolutely packed. Mm. So there is no respite for players. And now you, you have this instruction to referees that you'll have to give uh, take into account as many minutes lost during the uh, pl- during the game. And so the stoppage time uh, periods are slightly longer than in the previous seasons. Uh, so, I mean, players have had to play a lot of games and at the same time longer games. And when you have uh, something like this major tournaments like the AFCON and the Asian Cup in the middle of the season, there are are chances that they could pick up injuries or when they return they may not be in top shape mm-hmm. so obviously clubs will not be happy and as uh, Josh pointed out you have Liverpool losing Salah to yeah. AFCON and uh, City not really having uh, any of the key players uh, uh, out uh, during this particular busy period of time so uh, it's something that uh, obviously will not go down well with clubs which are uh, losi- losing their top players but uh, I mean it is what it is it's a difficult uh, it's a delicate situation because, uh, again, from the African perspective, it's it's not easy to balance this thing. Mm. These things are, and for example, in 2025, uh, in the middle of the year, you will be having the Club World Cup. Oh, so, yeah. how mm, will Morocco, yeah. and especially in the Moroccan summer when it's very hot in mm. June and July, and at the same time you have the Club World Cup, it's not going to be easy to put uh, Afcon in the middle of the year. So, again, you'll True. probably have a similar situation in 2025. Yeah, um, from two years ago, when from what I can remember, the World Cup first time overlaps with the European leagues and mm-hmm. a lot of other leagues, then there are consequences. Yep. It's like World Cup complex. Everyone is tired and everyone has to take a long time to find their form. And th- I think that sets a start. Like you said, the, uh, World Club, the, the Club World Cup, which mm-hmm. will happen in one year. When that happens, and maybe one year after that, maybe is it possible for clubs to add more clauses to the contracts when they negotiate. Okay, I know you have to play certain games for the national team, so there may be a clause for you to earn different numbers depending on how many appearances you make for the club and for the reasons that you can or cannot. Is that... Is that going to be a problem if it happens? I think, yeah, we are going to see some of these changes in contractual clauses, but also in player insurance. I think player insurance rates are going to get higher as we see a more compact, a more like a congested calendar with the FIFA 
club world cup coming in most of the top clubs will be uh, participating uh, in uh, at least like six seven clubs uh, the top clubs in europe they will be there uh, mm. and in other and from other continents as well so you have a uh, risk of players picking up injuries and so a lot of these things the commercial aspects related to player contracts as well as player insurances these things are going we are going to see a lot of change in the next few years without a doubt yeah, yeah. definitely like i think which i was wondering when i was seeing the discussion with the Saudi Premier League is a lot of people dismissing it as a lower mm-hmm. lower standard of competition much easier but i was thinking to myself if you are a player you know for a fact your playing time is quite short yeah barely do guys make it out of their mid 30s in a top condition so you need to maximize your playing years mm-hmm. and i was looking at say someone like Sadio Mane who went across or Damari Gray an Evertonian player who left he's still very young he's gone out of there and he's making an absolute killing out there mm-hmm. and I think I think of that on one hand, people dismiss it. It's like I say, lower quality of play, easier, but also easier on the body because I think that we're going to see in a few years this congested schedule really claiming some players' careers way too short. Like there's a guy who I'm interested in, which is uh, Pedri, I believe, mm. who is the Spanish player. Who, if I'm remembering the schedule correctly, he played in the Euros for Spain then went right into the Olympics to represent Spain, yeah. then went right into a full season to play with Barcelona, which includes the league, the cup, the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So that is playing, you know, you're basically not getting any time off no. at all. So when you're a young player and you are known for your fast legs, you're known for being fairly dexterous, that's going to put a lot of um, strain on your hamstrings, on your ankles, on your knee joints. They're the first things to go. True. So this guy is still meant to be the next big thing in Spanish football. But we've seen him already play in one season. Yeah. More games than certain equivalents have played over the span of two or three years, a generation or two ago. So you add in AFCON, which is now getting more prominence, which has overlaps. You mentioned the Club World Cup that Bargab mentioned. I feel like what we're going to see is we have gone from it being, okay, the World Cup takes prominence mm-hmm. to being you have all these different um, tournaments taking place. They can't all have a prominence equivalent to a Euros, equivalent to a Copa America. I feel like we're going to start seeing teams either pulling out or having separate squads or something because unless Rodri is a man of steel, I can't see him lasting a whole career. And when people see that, the younger players are going to want to have some kind of contingency in place. That's true. That actually makes me wonder because now when we're talking about who is the best player in the world, we always talk about the World Cup winner, which mm-hmm. worked for Messi two years ago, or the uh, Champions League winner. Because when Ronaldo apparently scored uh, 54 goals last year, was like the most, but people say, oh, he, he did that in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. How much did that matter? But as you mentioned, there are so many leagues now, and players do have their own considerations. I don't have that long to play. There now is this club offering me so much. I can't make in Europe, but I can go there with easy competitions, mm-hmm. making so much. Is it possible in the future, maybe not continentally, but lead the world football will be divided into different parts based on you know level of competitions and also the schedule of these international tournaments. So they don't have to travel around the world. Instead, they just play in the limited region for both financial, physical, and competitive reasons? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because that's how it works in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say with Brazil, they didn't have a national league till like, the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. so how difficult it was to get around the country. So you just played in your area, and you weren't, you weren't the Brazilian champions. You were the Bra- you were the champion of North Brazil, so I don't know the name of the states. So, you mm-hmm. know, if, if I did, I could give you a better example. But then when it became nationalized, 
suddenly there's like no end of the season because yeah. you have to do your local, then your state, then your national level tournament. If we reach the situation in world football where there's always stuff going on and there's no end to it, mm-hmm. if you are a more globalized league like the Premier League, I would not be shocked if it becomes a case of, okay, you play for us and then you get to pick one tournament. Either you, you play in the World Cup that year and that's fine, or you play in a Euro or something if you're like a second string player, but never the twain shall meet because you may get injured. I would not be shocked if that's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's not a very high level of understanding between FIFA and these uh, regional, mm. uh, no, these continental yeah. uh, confederations because we're seeing FIFA coming out with a competition and UEFA obviously, I mean, they probably won't be very happy with, you know, FIFA having a major competition uh, in 2025 when, I mean, already some of their best players will be like in uh, competition for nine, ten months. And then, I mean, you have all these continental uh, other yeah. continental competitions like uh, AFCON Asian Cup so what's the future of these tournaments if you have uh, the Club World Cup in 2025 the 20, 2026 you have the World Cup then I mean the you have a, uh, you have the Euro Cup in mm-hmm. like 2028 so you have to fit in your tournament somewhere in one of those non-World Cup non-Euro years you wouldn't want to compete for TV revenue with say Copa America or Euro so uh, there are a lot of factors uh, which will uh, come into play when you schedule the Asian Cup or the FCON and so plus the weather is another issue so it's not going to be easy the future I think it's uh, as far as the tournaments the international tournaments are concerned we're going to see some change uh, for example, also in Europe, uh, we don't know whether this uh, Super League thing oh, uh, yeah. uh, with yeah. the European ru- ruling, it looks like it may come up in sometime in the near future. And would FIFA also want to have a similar, uh, you know, money making, oh, yeah. uh, money making entity, yeah. the World Super League or something like that? So I mean, it depends. Uh, we don't really see a convergence between FIFA and all these confederations, and un- until and unless they have some convergence. I think we are going to see these scheduling issues in the long term. That's true. I'm glad you mentioned that the Super League thing. Uh, I think it happened first because the best players, like mm-hmm. 99% of them, are in Europe. Yeah. And that's why they want the elite of the elite to make the Super League. So if it's possible that... I'm not saying that to stop the best players from traveling around. I'm just saying that maybe they don't have to be centralized in Europe already. Like they can play in the league that they feel the most comfortable. And then without that, the the UEFA won't have to say, okay, we want the best because we want the biggest power, we want the most money. And then maybe FIFA will find, or this will make them find that the World Cup is not the only top tournament in the world. So they won't have to be so powerful. And other federations may have their own saying and uh, this is an exaggeration i'm just like letting things flow away to, but it's a very like unforeseeable but interesting thing for me to assume well yeah. i think i think with the super league sorry to cut you off but i was reading something recently about the particular wording of the more recent tournaments mm-hmm. specifically the nations league and also the super league oh, yeah. where specifically the nations league it doesn't say Europe in the name of it. It's a UEFA no. tournament, but it doesn't say Europe in it. Yeah. Um, and the same with the Super League. It was originally, I think, the European Super League. Then the wording became the Continental Super mm-hmm. League. Then it just became the Super League. And the talk was always that teams like Barcelona and Juventus wanted to be involved because 
they're already seeing themselves lose a step to the Manchester United, the Manchester Cities, and the Chelseas of the world, who have enough money to suck the talent away. But there's also been this kind of belief that, well, Saudi Arabia getting involved, kind of taking over the world of golf, setting up their own league. The idea is perhaps in the future, the Super League will have all these teams in. It'll have Manchester City, Barcelona, Real, Bayern Munich, but also El Atihad and teams like that. With the Nations League, there's already been the Finalissimo, which included Argentina to make sure Messi gets there. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to say that won't expand even further. If Brazil get back into the swing of things or if this expansion with MLS takes off and America want to get involved. So all of these things that are taking place now feel like they are being designed for further expansion Mm -hmm. to include South America, to include the Middle East. And if we're talking about the issue of traveling and localization, that blows out of the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think also it's it's obviously it's slightly unpredictable right now in terms of how the mechanism will work out. Uh, for example, I mean, when the initial uh, Super League idea was uh, formulated, they didn't really want UEFA uh, to be involved. And I think that's going to be the case if the Real Madrid's, uh, the Barcelona's, the United Cities, they get together. And they wouldn't want to be constrained by a jurisdiction of, say, UEFA they would want mm-hmm. to be in control of their own product and uh, so and fifa i think they would want to get involved in some way or the other and as josh uh, said i mean it's a big market if you look at south america middle east and other countries uh, with you know especially saudi arabia right now having so many uh, uh, stars in their league i think it's not unforeseeable to see uh, someone like some club like al nasser being part of a mm-hmm. global super league so yeah i mean it's just that you can't really predict what's going to happen but the idea is already there it has been floated by some of these clubs the super league idea so uh, i think it's something that will come up in the next few years and that'll kind of change how the football landscape is right now mm, in terms of true. the overall calendar in terms of the schedule yeah i mean these uh, discussions are interesting to take us to somewhere i've never expected before we came here mm. um i mean final, re- remember yeah. just quickly like think about how things fast things can change go back in time to when was david beckham at psg 2013 yeah. so 13, at yeah. the time the super club wasn't in saudi arabia it was in russia it was angie Mashkashkala. Yeah. they had samuel eto and they were bidding for david beckham to go and obviously he chose paris because you'd rather live in paris than dagestan mm-hmm. but you know, if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, we probably would be talking about the Russian teams getting involved, the Ruben Kazans and Angies of the world. Mm -hmm. Now they're nothing at all. Saudi Arabia's here. There's nothing to say that by the time, let's say the Super League does get created, give it a few seasons, there's nothing to say that suddenly we won't be talking about, like, um, the Red Diamonds who Mm -hmm. are in Japan or whatever, stepping in and them being a guest team or something compared to Al Etihad because so much can change so quickly. True. I mean, Absolutely. it's not. It's not. It's never the time to predict the future when the future is so flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last question. Actually, I was reading Andre Onana, which we have uh, talked yes. a lot. <laughs> yeah. He didn't play the first game in Afcon for Cameron because mm-hmm. he had to stay in Man United. Then he went. His home fans were not happy. Uh, he was like, "Nothing. I won't do for my country." So, how important it is? Do you guys think it is for a? player to play for a national team that is not in the top layer. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a delicate situation, right? I mean, uh, at the end of the day, Cameroon are, uh, I mean, one of the bigger teams in Afcon. They yeah. have title ambitions, and they would want all their best players to be involved. Uh, at the same time, uh, I I believe, I mean, obviously, there's nothing that he has said in public about this situation, but I'm sure he must have been under pressure to, you know, extend his stay at United mm. for a bit and uh, move, uh, like, go to Cote d'Ivoire as late as possible. And uh, I mean, for him, obviously, for the player, it's always you have pressure from all sides. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to say. Had I been in his play, uh, place, mm. I'd probably have prioritized the AFCON. But again, uh, I mean, I don't know what kind of pressure he's in. And it's difficult for a player when you have, you know, uh, when you are involved in a situation like this. True. Yeah, I think he's a pretty unique case because he's under criticism no matter what he does. Yeah. Because it isn't a case of... You know, I, I've already seen jokes about, because it's him and Sofian Amrabat who mm-hmm. have had to depart from United. And I've already seen jokes about saying that their departure has improved the team mm. because of how their form has been this season. So with him, it's a real case of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Whereas, you know, with Everton, Idrissa Gay has left to go to Senegal, but uh, Adelaide Decore said he wasn't going to go. And he wrote a statement saying he's committed to the team he helped us stay up last year We're on the bubble. He thinks right now that's more important. And he's received a lot of plaudits for it because he's been very upfront about it, saying like, yeah, I love my country, love to support it. But where our team are, are right now, right on the edge of the relegation, mm-hmm. I don't think I can afford to step away and leave them. So I think it does depend on what your chances are of winning, but also with your club side, where their chances are of Europe championships are, in Everton's case, staying in the league. Exactly. I mean, this is all about someone's choice. I mean, for players, sure, if you think it's most important to make your country proud by contributing to it, you should go there. Mm -hmm. And clubs should not try to stop him. But if a player, let's say he is from a certain country, but he gets selected by European Scott, and the academy maybe pay for his training, his life, Mm -hmm. even his medical bills, he grew up completely thanks to European clubs. And he decides, like you said, the club is in a situ- in a delicate situation. He has to stay. Mm-hmm. That's also his choice that should be respected. There's, I mean, okay, this may sound a little bit offensive. There shouldn't be any more kidnapping of anyone as mm. long as he makes his choice with a good reason. And yeah. the reason belongs to him to explain. So there really shouldn't be any fingers pointed at it because then that's not football they're talking about. They're just arguing about what they believe and that's yeah. not football. Yeah, because that's it. Like kind of cycling back to what we were saying at the start about where the players are coming from, there is a pretty large gap between the teams where they have superstars mm. somewhere else and the ones who are much more domestic Teams like Guinea-Bissau, Mozambique, uh, Burkina Faso, the very small teams, well, their players don't play outside of the country, so they don't really have to even bother thinking about that. Whereas those players, you know for a fact, if they got the chance to play in front of a scout, get seen and move to a Mm -hmm. team in Italy or somewhere, even a Serie B, Serie C team, they jump at the chance. So you can understand why some of them will prioritise that. But at the same time, there's so much pressure on them. If you are in the case of, for example, with Egypt, yeah. it's only two players who play outside, and one of them is one of the world's best players. Mm-hmm. There's pressure on him to come back. So I feel like it depends on the gap between the country and the league. And it seems like the bigger the gap, the more the pressure is to go back and represent. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And but at the same time, one more point that I'd like to make is, I mean, you, you don't really see players' uh, considerations being taken into account when, you know, the True. annual calendars are made. Mm. I mean, for example, a player who is uh, playing for an English, uh, top English club, uh, say the club is also in the Champions League or the Europa League, he ends up playing 50 games a year. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you have, uh, I mean, uh, very soon you have competitions like FIFA Club World Cup coming on, uh, coming in, and then you have to represent your nation and you have pressure from all sides to represent your nation do well for your nation and you when you say I mean for example in Dukure's case I mean you are going to uh, be criticized by your country's fans but you are going to receive praise from your club's fans but these are difficult decisions for these players to make and at the end of the day I mean we don't really see any of the uh, authorities whether it be national uh, fed national affairs or uh, continental confederations they don't really take into account uh, players considerations sure. and mm. that's why we have such congested calendars uh, especially in Europe right now yeah I mean I've never seen shutdown in football world but a lot in basketball I mean yeah. in North America if the continue the schedule continues to expand like this and getting tighter and tighter I won't be surprised one day if I see one a yeah. protest that can change maybe not everything but a lot of things yeah I, and I also think that I wouldn't be too surprised if let's say in the next few weeks if we look at the Premier League and City rise to the top mm -hmm. and we're very clearly seeing the absences of the star players, I would not be surprised if we see Jurgen Klopp, Mikel Arteta, perhaps even ownership putting out statements of this isn't fair, this isn't right. Yeah. And even though it would just be one small strip, for them to make that statement, hypothetical statement if it does happen, that could very easily trickle down to the smaller teams who aren't even in a position to be in in the a smaller team who is fighting for relegation or something mm. the protests could get bigger and we could see it to be fair i feel like at some point the juggernaut of the sport is so big that the players you could see teams just cycling them in cycling them out if you don't want to play fine we'll find someone else but at the same time if it does reach a breaking point i would not be shocked if we see a lockout like with the uh, MLB in the yeah, NBA. True. You have Nottingham Forest losing, I think, five players, yeah. uh, five or six players. And yeah. mm. so, I mean, for them, it's a big blow. And uh, if you are like, uh, they're, I think, 14th right now, 14th or 15th. Yeah. Mm. And if you are potentially in a relegation battle, I mean, that's not an ideal situation for you. So, obviously, they have reasons to be unhappy, but it is what it is. Yeah. That's true. But again, everything starts small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.